Welcome to Creative Acts. This is a show all about bringing you and your creative ideas to life. I'm Fee, your host, and in these bite-sized episodes, we'll be exploring practices and tools to help us navigate through our creative process, one small step at a time. Hey there, and welcome to episode two. So I am a big believer that we all have ideas inside of us that only we can bring to life. But when it comes to the doing part, we so often lose our way or we simply lose our nerve. But what if feeling lost was the way? What if our fear could actually be serving as a signpost that if we learn how to work with it, could be directing us towards a truer and more meaningful path. What is an idea anyway? Is it something that should excite us? Or does it scare us? Must we have absolute clarity on it? Or is it okay that it confuses us? And what exactly do we mean by a process of bringing an idea to life? Should we be enjoying that process? Must we be fearless as we move forward? Must we know the way before we set off? Can I ask any more questions in the first minute of this episode? (laughs) So in this episode, we're going to have a look at tackling some of these big questions. Then we're going to finish up with some ideas for how we might start to put some of this theory into practice when it comes to our own creative life and work. So let's start with a story. Now the story is mine and the details of the story are mine also. But I hope that at the heart of this story there is something in it that we can all relate to. So before doing what I do now, I spent the first decade of my career working in theatre. Now I worked for an an amazing company called Frantic Assembly. They have such a unique way of working. They really, really do take an idea from scratch, from just that seed of an idea. You know, there's no plot, no script, no set design, no uh, characters yet just the essence of an idea and they take that through their own unique process of devising and collaborating to at the end of it have a full-scale production and my role there was I was their general manager so I worked in the office team and my I was responsible for ultimately taking care of making sure that from the inside of the company we were running a really tight ship in order that the show got on the road basically so that was anything from managing and supporting the people to the finances to the marketing to the nuts and bolts all of those different component parts that fitted around the work itself and It was a huge chapter of my career, a huge chapter of my life, really. And, you know, like all jobs, it had its ups and downs. But for the most part, it was a job that I adored. I loved the work that we did. I loved the way that we made work. I loved the people that we worked with. It was therefore really confusing to me that throughout that whole 10 year period, 
there was something inside of me that didn't feel quite right, that I didn't feel like it was quite my true place to be, that that it wasn't, I can't really describe it other than it was a strong sensation inside, like a knowing that there was something else that I was meant to be doing, something different, something more I don't know what it was but it was so strong that feeling inside of me and so I did what anyone would normally do I looked to see what was out there I would look on different jobs websites and find nothing there that looked any good (laughs) and I tried a few different uh, careers out I you know I two ideas that I tried out one of them was uh, I thought to myself oh maybe maybe teaching could be a good one for me and so went and shadowed at a few schools and basically just realized that I wasn't going to be able to be Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2 so that was that idea done and then I thought oh second idea how about um, I'd love to be a speech language therapist I think we can all see where this one's come from. Um, the uh, Jeffrey Rush character in the King's Speech. And um, yeah, so I explored that. I went to some open days. I spoke to people who were doing that as jobs and quickly realised that I was going to have to go back and study science. You know, and I was a student of humanities. And so the thought of it being all sciencey was just not the one for me. You know, I wanted the King's Speech, that beautiful distress wallpaper, and I wanted to be working with people in creative ways. So that was that. Not going to be Whoopi Goldberg and not going to be Jeffrey Rush. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I can laugh at these um, experiments and these attempts now, but at the time it wasn't it wasn't funny. It was, um, I just felt really sad that I couldn't find the thing that I was going to have, the thing that would be my thing. And I just saw these, all these things that I tried as failed attempts. I would look and I couldn't find anything. I would try things and and it wasn't right. And after a while I gave up. I just thought to myself, well, there is nothing out there this is just a stupid idea that you've had in your head that that there's something out there for you and you need to stop with this idea now because you've tried it and there isn't and you have a perfectly great job that you love and just stop feeling like this and so what I did there was I basically said no to the idea and I pushed it down or I tried to push it down but as we know if there's something that's for you, if there's, if the idea has truth in it, has something in it, has some fire in it, it's not going anywhere. And the more I pushed it down, really just the more pain I was causing myself. And after a while, I just became really quite sad. And I would maybe describe it as like a I was a dampened version of myself. I was low on energy. I was tired. I, uh, I'd i given up on myself ultimately, but I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. I just didn't see a way through. I didn't see how I could solve this issue. And I would sit down and have 
many, many a words with myself. And, and it was the same story every time. It was, what are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? Oh my God, shut up. I don't know. And it would wake me up in the middle of the night. And it caused me so much inner turmoil. Um, and it became so much more than just about a career. It became, it became about feeling, wanting to feel fulfilled, wanting to feel that I had purpose, that, that I was where I was meant to be. Um, and I mean, (laughs) I'd got myself into a real state basically. Um, and then, one day or maybe not one day because that sounds a bit dramatic but after a while the conversation changed and I stopped being so scared of the idea I stopped running away from it I stopped doubting it I stopped dismissing it and instead I looked at it again I attached myself to it again I saw it as a true thing even though I had no idea what it was or what it was going to look like or what it meant I just knew that it was true and that it deserved respect ultimately and so at the end of 2017 I made a pact with myself so once and for all I promised myself that I would always listen to that feeling inside of me and that I wasn't going to stop and I didn't care how long it would take, and I didn't care what it would look like, I just knew that I needed to tune in and listen to that feeling. And I had no, I had no idea what was going to happen for me. I didn't know that I wanted to start a business, I'd never really thought about it, I hadn't dreamed of being my own boss, I didn't think that, that I wanted to be a coach, I didn't know really where I wanted to live or what I wanted to do, like it was all unknown and that was okay. It was suddenly not about an outcome, it was about a process because what I was doing before when I was trying to be Jeffrey Rush and Whoopi Goldberg and looking online for jobs was that I was just shopping around for an outcome. I was so attached to what the outcome was going to be. I thought that the idea was the outcome or the outcome was the idea or whatever way you want to look at it. And I'd really, really stopped. What I'd done is I'd I'd become so attached to the outcome that I'd lost sight of the idea I'd lost the ingredients the essence the I'd lost the heart of what that idea was asking me to do which was it was saying I want you to create something I want you to create you're not going to find your purpose you're not going to find your job find your life you're going to create it That promise, that is ultimately a permission slip. It's a permission slip to engage in life, <laughs> um, to, to create your life, to put yourself at the centre of your life, be that um, an, a, an idea you have for a piece of work, be that um a life change, be that a career change, it doesn't matter what it is, it it doesn't care what the outcome is, it's the call to create ultimately 
and you know we can easily see with perspective now and and with time that I was on the right track with some of my tested outcomes you know if we look at what's inside of them there's a love of people there's specifically helping people environments that are supporting learning and growth the arts creativity self-expression all those ingredients were still they were in those proposed outcome careers that I was trying to find but it was it was constricting the process by trying to jump to the outcome I was trying to shortcut the process I just was trying to skip to the end basically because and the reason I was trying to do that was because I was so scared and you know the irony has is not been lost on me that for those 10 years while I was supporting theatre makers to create something from nothing I was struggling to support myself in the creation of my own life because I hadn't yet made the connection between a creative idea or a project and a creative life or more I hadn't given myself the permission to be the artist of my own life but you know it's really hard to see something when we're in it it's easy for me it was easy for me then to support other people to create in their work it's easy for me now to support other people to create in their work and life but the thing is when it's your own ideas your own life your own work the stakes are just so much higher you know it's what if I get it wrong what if I fail what if I can't do it what even is it what if people don't like me what if I lose all my friends what if I lose all my money and end up on the streets or my one was what if nothing actually changes and this whole thing is just a silly stupid pipe dream like it's an entitled pipe dream and you should be happy with what you have because you see sometimes our ideas or our dreams or our desires they aren't these shiny bright exciting things they're actually packed full of fear and confusion and searching and longing and they cause us pain and they're doing that because they want us to wake up and do something with them they want us to create with them and in order to create freely we must first attach ourselves to the idea itself and then this is where it gets into the juggling act we then must take it through a process which requires us to completely detach ourselves from the outcome (laughs) so so we've got to attach to the idea and detach from the outcome and that is not an easy thing to do because it's asking us to be in in a dance of two different states basically and what happens when fear comes in is that we mix those two things up and we end up detaching ourselves from the idea so like me I was dismissing it I was pushing it down I'd stopped even exploring it um and you, we detach from that idea and then instead we because we want we because that feeling isn't going to go away we start attaching ourselves to an outcome we start to say we need to sort this problem out need to get this need to stop feeling like this what's the outcome what's the outcome and we're in this awful stalemate where we're stuck between the idea and the outcome because we we're refusing to go through a process (laughs) 
So I had my pact, my promise that I'd made to myself and I'd really attached myself to the idea again and I'd come at that idea again from a place of respect, of love really Um, and I had said to myself I believe in this now, you and me we're going to do this. So I've got that and then I did take some things with me from my 10 years working in theatre, which were two things really. I knew that in order to bring an idea to life, it was going to take a team of people. Like it takes so much energy and emotion and practicality in order to bring something to life. And so I knew that I was going to need people to help me. And the other thing I knew was that I needed to make it an experiment. I needed to just stop worrying about the outcome and start investing in a process. And so the most wonderful thing (laughs) happened. No sooner had I made the promise and the pact to myself, but I came across an amazing six-week course with, it was called The Ideas Adventure, and it's with um, two incredible women called Selena Barker and Marianne Cantwell. And that program was basically an opportunity to experiment and play with ideas and to see what comes out of them. And from that, I had the initial seed of "Mm, maybe, maybe coaching. And it was just such an early seed from those six weeks. And ever since then, I have been continuing to iterate the process and what that process is is experimentation it's playing it's practicing it's saying here's a tiny little idea let's give it a go stop let's look back what happened what did you like what went well what didn't go well and repeat and repeat and repeat you keep doing that and that is what the process is the process is not one two three four five six seven eight nine ten (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was. Um, The process is just, it's a mess, basically. But when we acknowledge that we're in the process, rather than trying to continually jump to the end, that is when we start to say, okay, I can honour and trust this process. And then the door can open to us maybe enjoying the process as well because when we're in in the process when we're in um the present moment and we're not trying to jump to the end and we're not trying to look back in the past we know that when we're in the present it's much easier for us to engage and enjoy whereas if we if we try to say to ourselves i must enjoy this process (laughs) i must get to the end it must look like this and we start strangling the idea we're not going to enjoy it. Of course we're not going to enjoy it because the stakes are too high because there is so much at risk. But the thing is, another honest truth about the process is we can say, oh yeah, we have, you know, we have no expectations on the outcome, yada, yada, yada. But we do, of course we do. We want our ideas to go well. Of course we do. We we don't just want them to go well. We want them to go really well. We want to have a life that is amazing, not just average. We want to have work that's fulfilling, not just, you know, mediocre. And even when we have fulfilling work, we want it even more fulfilling. (laughs) So, So it is really hard to to let go of that 
But that is what the process is. It's a continual letting go, a continual, you want to call it surrender. People have different words for it. And that is so hard to do. And it is such a hard pill to swallow that we don't get to control how things pan out. Um, We know this. (laughs) We know this is true in life. We know that there is so little that we can control, but we know that we can't help trying to control it all. So it's just, it's it's one of those facts of life. It's life is not fair. We don't get to control the outcome. All we really can do is make a promise. Make a promise to ourselves to give ourselves permission to live the life, do the work, create the ideas that we feel called within us to do, even if they scare us, even if we don't know what they are. If we have that calling or knowing or niggling feeling, whatever it is, if we have that inside of us, we have to make a promise to listen to it, to trust it and to play with it ultimately. And then we have to connect with it. So we can't go half in, half out. We have to be all in when it comes to creating. And so we do that by connecting to the inside of it. So we go, let's attach ourselves to this idea. Let's really love it. Let's find the essence of it, the feeling of it, the quality of it, all that intangible stuff, the imaginative stuff, the inspiration, the the, the inklings of the idea attach ourselves there and then as we know the hardest part all we can do then once we've built that fire we've given ourselves permission we've built a fire around the inside of it is enter into the never-ending experiment with it and that experiment is going to continually ask us to detach from the outcome and just experiment just play just see what happens just give it your best shot And so what we are really looking to ask ourselves when we're in creating anything, be that a a, a piece of work or a life or a one idea, whatever it is, what we're really, really wanting to do is to keep asking ourselves, where am I attaching? Am I too attached to my outcomes? How can I actually re-divert that attachment back into the essence of the idea back into the truth of it because it's really hard to let go (laughs) I don't know how to do it like when people say let go just let go of it it's really really hard and so rather than completely letting go let's redirect it let's put it let's let's go oh I can see it's gone too far over into the outcome that's what's stalling me that's what's making me scared and and we use our fear in that way of oh hang on I'm feeling really fearful I'm feeling really doubtful oh that's a sign that I'm that I'm not in process that's a sign that I'm in end result that I'm trying to skip to the end that I'm not engaging 
And so we can then redirect it, try to coax it back towards the inside by asking ourselves those questions. What do I really care about? What's on the inside of all of this? How can I free myself up to experiment a little bit more with this? How can I lighten the load a little? And where's my team that are going to help me carry the load, that are going to cheer for me, support me, help me when I go take a wrong turning, remind me why I care, calm me down when I'm fearful and, you know, get creative. What does team mean to you? Like for me, it's an army. (laughs) It's every neighbour, it's everyone I meet, it's anyone. It's a huge team for me. But for you, it might just be, it might just look like one other person, a close friend or someone that's doing something similar to you, a peer, a group online anything you decide it's up to you to decide what your team is going to look like and lastly we're all on our own separate journeys the details and the experiments of your path are going to look so different from the next person's we don't get to decide who we keep up with or who keeps up with us We don't get to decide on the lessons that these experiments are going to teach us. So all we can really do is stay true to our own path, to really commit to taking part in it, whilst helping each other out along their paths too. Thanks so much for listening and for being here with me. Now I truly believe that we do things better when we do things together. So if you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend so you can both start taking action together.